when when I first started listening to your podcast, that was the only podcast I ever listened to. I never thought to search through and listen to anything else. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future, but rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe is interviewing Jackie Fletcher. Jackie and Joe have known each other for a good few years through social media. As you'll hear, Jackie has been a listener to the podcast from pretty much the beginning and she is a member of Joe's Platinum Car Mastermind, so they know each other well. Jackie sold a family business in 2017 and never having had a job, she had only had her own businesses and worked in the family business. She felt like many business owners, unemployable. She has been helping her sister with some networking and marketing for her business Purple Hat Property and in January 2019, took on a new role as chapter chair for London in the Women Presidents' Organisation. Women Presidents' Organisation, WPO, is a not-for-profit organisation supporting women business founders, CEOs and managing directors of medium to large-sized businesses through peer-to-peer learning. Jackie has always considered herself overweight and at times out of control with her eating. In May 2017, she read Why We Get Fat and What's Do About It by Gary Torbs and since then has been following a low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic way of eating. Jackie is passionate about the ketogenic way of eating as a way to reduce weight, reduce the effects of chronic diseases and feel amazing. In 2019, she decided to make low-carb and keto part of her vision to help others on their journey to health and weight loss. Jackie started her own podcast in 2020 with Louise Reynolds and is helping those starting out on their keto diet through coaching and keto courses. Fabulously Keto is aimed at helping the over 40s take back control of their way of eating, health and weight. Jackie lives in Epping, Essex with her husband and twin sons Ben and Alex. In her spare time she enjoys watching films and select programmes with her boys, practising taekwondo, playing bridge and spending time with her friends. Oh, and more keto talk with anyone who is interested. Jackie has a certificate in the ketogenic diet, is a nutrition advisor and is a trainee functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. She's also an ambassador for the charity phcuk.org, public health collaboration, dedicated to informing and implementing healthy decisions for better public health. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Jackie Fletcher of Fabulously Keto. Welcome Jackie, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, it's great to be here. 
it's really sort of odd to be interviewing you as well because we've known each other quite a long time through sort of business but we've worked together quite a lot in the last year so uh unusually I know you quite well so uh maybe we'll just skip to the end I don't need to ask you any questions (laughs) (laughs) that won't really help the listeners though no that's true good point okay let's do it properly then (laughs) so start by telling us a bit about who you are what you do and crucially where you do it so as you know I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm just going to go back in time a little bit and say four years ago I was extremely overweight and at five foot three I weighed in at 16 and a half stone and I knew for my health I needed to make a change but I just couldn't do it so I knew wheat was addictive but I just couldn't stop eating it and I didn't believe in diets because diets don't work but I did buy into the belief that eat less and move that belief of eat less and move more. So I felt what I needed to do was eat less and move more. And every night I'd go to bed and I'd say to myself, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be good. Tomorrow I'm going to eat less and tomorrow I'm going to move more and I'm going to do some exercise. And every morning I'd wake up and nothing will have changed. I couldn't eat less and I couldn't move more. Mm -hmm. And that had a real knock-on effect in the way that I didn't believe in myself. I thought I had no willpower. I didn't feel good about myself. And then I listened to one of your podcasts, actually. So I've got you to thank for this. And in the podcast, she, somebody recommended a book, Gretchen Rubin. Yeah. And so I went out and I I bought that book that same week. It was on Audible. And I listened to the book. And in that book, she recommended another book, which was called Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. Now, I'm in this place where I know that nothing works. It's a load of rubbish. Why would I change anything that I do? Because I've got no willpower and I can't do it. And But I bought the book, another one on Audible, and that book changed my life. So now why do I do what am I doing is I'm helping people change their lives, basically. So I'm helping them to lose weight, um, reduce their type two diabetes symptoms by bringing their blood sugars under control. Anything to do with metabolic disease, basically, I'm helping people make that change. Um, So that's the long version of Um, what I'm doing and where am I I'm in Essex in the UK just outside Epping lovely so what did you think um so was it the better than before book that you read yes yes so (laughs) I've just been googling on my website hence the slight gap there when you said (laughs) where you were from and then stopped I thought oh hang on um I reckon that was show number two I reckon that was Paula Gardner um, Paula Gardner has been on the show twice and she's recommended a lot of our guests. She's a, a lovely um, friend of mine. And um, how funny that is. Um, yeah. Show number two <laughs> made that wow. impact because you're going to be on show number 209. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a long time ago, but I'm, I think. Well, maybe I'd gone back to listen to some older ones. Yeah, because I thought it was. Jenny Flintoff because she mentioned um 
the happier podcast but it was the podcast rather than the book that was Gretchen Rubin as well so and then the only other one that's mentioned her is Kathy who was the first show so um uh unless unless my show notes are rubbish <laughs> but as you say maybe you did maybe you did go back but uh, anyway it's yeah. lovely and I mean, it, I, sorry Karen I was gonna say I know I've listened to I definitely know I've listened to Kathy and I did start at the beginning that, yes. that was a long time ago I mean I, when was your first it was, I, I should check this out because I keep talking about um, when we started and I can never quite remember. Um, but um, Ellie, I think, was only eight and she's 14 now. Um, so yeah. I thought it was 2016. But as you say, that was a bit longer ago than you were saying. But you said four years, didn't you? So maybe it was. Maybe It, it was, was 20, 2017 when I listened to the podcast. Yeah. So but maybe. I'd definitely heard some of your older ones are yeah more. well maybe you sort of started where it was and then you went back to catch up on the ones that you hadn't listened yeah. to before so um but either way um I've always been happy since you told me that to hear that uh even from the early days we as it now turns out <laughs> we've been inspiring people to uh, do things differently and you know not only did that help you to lose weight you started a business from it didn't you so uh, as you said yeah. so it's uh, really inspiring for me um so let's just go back before that, though. So this is quite different to you because not everybody goes and does something, whatever it may be, and then turns it into a business. Um, but I think you've had quite a sort of varied career in the past. So maybe it's not so, so much as of a surprise because you've done lots of different things. But tell us a bit more about, you know, what you've done in the past and, and why this then became the thing that you wanted to do, other than obviously the fact that it was inspiring and had helped you and everything else. Yeah. So, yeah, I've always done lots of things. I left school in the middle of my A-levels because um, I'd had a tumour on my ovaries when I was not quite 18. Mm. So when I went into the upper sixth, when we started the upper sixth, I, I was in hospital and then had to be off school for quite a while. Mm. And so when I when I went to back to school, I ended up going back into a lower year. So I wasn't with all my friends and an opportunity came for me to go to Tenerife and work in a hotel unpaid, but that's what I decided I'd wanted to do, which was hotel and catering. You know, when you've got to make a choice about what you want to do for school and when you leave school, and I had absolutely no idea at whatever age I was. And my dad said, well, why don't you do hotel and catering? People will always want to go on holiday and they'll always want to go out to eat. <laughs> she says in the middle of COVID where people still want to go on holiday and want to go out to eat, but they can't. Oh. And um, but what what I didn't think about is you're working when everybody else or your friends are out having fun. Yes. So anyway, I went off and I worked in this hotel and I had a great time. I was in Tenerife for a, on and off for 18 months and I went to college and did hotel and catering. And then we ended up buying a business in Mallorca, which was um, property management. So British, mostly British people who had properties in Puerto Palenza in Mallorca and they wanted to rent it out or they did rent it out or they let let friends use it. So we would go in and do the cleaning and making sure that the properties were all looked after properly. 
So I did that for about 10 years. And I we during that time I also did some karaoke. We had a bar. Like <laughs> we ran a bar for six weeks. But after living there for 10 years, I decided I loved I loved it there. The summers were really busy, full on nonstop. The winters were really quiet and quite cold. And but some of my family were dying and I just thought, actually, I think it's now time for me to go home. Mm. So I came back home. Um, we had a family business, which was uh, minicabs in central London. And so I went into the business there. And then later on, I decided that that wasn't where I wanted to spend all my time. It's quite a negative industry. And so I went back to learning and learned to be a hypnotherapist. And the main thing I focused on once I qualified was hypnobirthing. And so I was helping pregnant women have calm and easy births. And, and then, but during that time, my dad died and uh, we had a ma general manager in the business, but I felt that I needed to get more involved. So I did. And so I did that from 2012 till we sold it in 2017. Again, amidst COVID, I'm quite glad we sold it when we did, because mm -hmm. although it was, you know, 27 years of having a business, and it was quite sad to let it go. I'm just very glad that we don't have it now. Yeah. So then in that time between 2017, I, you know, starting on this way of eating just came at an opportune time when I had time to do something. Mm. So I could focus on something else because I wasn't doing anything in particular at that time. Yes. Yeah. So it just, I just thought, well, why don't I try and do something that I'm going to love doing? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it is inspiring for other people. I mean, I've known you for quite a while and I've sort of followed along in the last year, particularly with this, well, longer than that, probably 18 months, two years with this journey. And it's interesting because I've, you know, known of keto in different sort of um, places for quite a while. Um, and whilst I'm not one of your customers or follow along in that sort of way I'm you know I'm in your Facebook group and stuff but um I you you have kept me on the straight and narrow and I, I know it's not very straight or very narrow because <laughs> I'm a bit more <laughs> flexible than you <laughs> yeah um but you know during the last six months of lockdown um after getting a bit out of hand in the summer because I thought you know enjoy yourself rather than worrying about everything else um you have inspired me to be much more organized controlled and aware of how I eat just by being who you are, which um, has got to be a really good basis for starting a business, helping people, hasn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. Well, I'm glad that I've inspired you. <laughs> um, so your background is so varied, but it strikes me it was so sort of out there and um, often quite sort of reactive in terms of, you know, a customer comes in, you have to deal with them, you know, a call comes in, you need a cab sort of thing. And I know you did, you know, the management side, I'm sure council and that sort of stuff would have come into it and things like that. But how do you keep yourself motivated now to get the things done that you need to get done? Because we're in the businesses now where sort of, um, apart from when customers ask for things, we could just not do anything. <laughs> um, so, you know, one of the challenges, I think, for home-based coaches and consultants sometimes is about making sure that we do keep going even when people can't see 
what we're doing. How do you do that? I think I just have in my head, I'm going to work. So Monday to Friday is a work day and I get up and maybe I arrive at my desk later than I would if I was, not that I've ever had a job, but if I was in a job, you know, you'd be expected to be at your desk by nine o'clock. I just maybe arrive at 9.15 or 9 or 8.45 or 10 o'clock, whatever is going on in the morning, I will arrive at my desk. But when I do, I just sort of sit down and get on with what I need to get on now at the moment the podcast is taking up a lot of time and so getting every episode ready is you know that's my main focus so what needs to be done today what has to be done today and what can be left till tomorrow um probably yeah I probably look through all my tasks and just see what's the most important so I'm not terribly good at planning in advance so I know lots of people plan it all out and they sit down the night before and Mm -hmm. I don't tend to do that but around three o'clock four o'clock is when I'll pack up and I'll go and see my mum she lives next door to us so we we, we're always in each other's houses well Mm -hmm. we go to her house more than she comes to ours Mm -hmm. but we that's my afternoon routine really is to go and sit with her for a bit yeah 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 so how do you um work with your clients you know what what does a a day look like for you you've obviously mentioned the podcast which you launched three months ago now four months ago well actually when this goes out it'll have been over six months ago (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) so so that as you say has consumed a a lot of your time it's an excellent podcast if you're interested in keto i'd definitely suggest checking out fabulously keto on any of the usual platforms um but when you're actually then working with with clients what what does that look like um in in the day what how how are you working in groups individually how's it go mostly i'm working one-to-one i have run a couple of groups Mm -hmm. but at the moment and i think for 2021 i'm going to be focusing on one-to-one clients and that is around there's a piece around educating them because it's a very the challenge with keto is the old paradigm of eat less move more has to go fat is bad for you has to go these were hypotheses that came into being and have been battered into our brains over decades now and they're not right. They weren't based on science. They were based on associational data that has shown to be untrue and is causing more damage to the population than, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's almost criminal, really, mm. that uh, people could get away with saying what they wanted to say and everybody's followed and now we're seeing it in terms of type 2 diabetes, Alzheimer's, dementia, all these heart disease, all these diseases that actually have come about because we made that change in our in our food and our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, there's that sort of famous comparable graph thing, which I think I probably saw in um, Zoe. What's the surname? Harkham's book um, a long, long time ago. I read that um, long before I even knew what keto was sort of thing of that um, when um, they said that fat was bad for you, um, 
in America and England, you can then look at the sort of trajectory of obesity and, yeah. you know, you can see the reason it, you can see that it correlates is because the, the, the um, graph goes up at different times of the century based on what happened in each of the countries at those times, isn't it? So it, it's that, I remember seeing that, I think it must've been her book and just thinking, oh my God, you know, now I've seen that, that, you know, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I can, it, I can, so I didn't say I can see why the one to one thing is really key as well because of what you said because it's almost like you can you I don't know you can read a book you can follow a course you can listen to a podcast that tells you how you should eat from a sort of keto perspective but the difference between knowing and doing is just like it was when you were being told to exercise more and eat less you know knowing and doing are two unconnected things in lots of way in lots of people and lots of situations aren't they yeah and I like what I like to do is tailor it to that person because not everybody wants to go full-on keto not everybody wants to do it straight away sometimes we will um set smaller goals Mm -hmm. so that over time those carbs come down and so I like to work with the client with what the client is comfortable with yeah so in a way I'm getting them to decide what what they want to achieve for the next month or the next Mm. week and Mm. that's what we work towards and then there's some accountability is how have you done it so maybe they'll be sending me their uh the food that they've eaten sometimes it's in picture form sometimes it's written down it just depends you know not everybody wants to track all their food some people love tracking food so just depends sometimes I say just send me photos of take a picture send it to me yeah and that keeps them accountable and keeps them on track mm-hmm. that reminds me of um graham alcott on the podcast um probably a year or 18 months ago he had um somebody helping him with his eating and it wasn't about keto it was a different uh concept but um that's exactly how she coached him he had to send her photos of everything he ate and yes. he said just that <laughs> affected what he chose to put in his mouth because he knew he had to send it to her <laughs> yeah I remember I remember that podcast actually I listened to that one yes yeah yeah interesting so how do you um make sure you get done what you need to get done you talked about not being a sort of a big planner um you've uh, you know I'd I'd normally next ask you how do you sort of shut off your day but you've you've said already you've got your um you know your routine ritual of of going to see your mum so that's the end of your day do you before that you know see what you've done see what you need to do next how how does that getting things done thing work for you yeah so um another joe dodds <laughs> power to live more podcast tip is um i use i downloaded todoist and i used it for a while and then i stopped using it but i have ha- i've actually brought it back in now so everything that i have to do goes into todoist and so before the end of the day, now this could be before the end of the work day, I might look through it, but it could be before I go to bed is I look through and make sure that I haven't missed anything that I absolutely need to do. Mm-hmm. And anything that can wait till tomorrow will wait till tomorrow. Yeah. So I do find that I have tasks that can wait till tomorrow and that tomorrow never comes and they just keep getting deferred and deferred. But at least I know that the ones that absolutely have to be done are done. Yes, yes, yeah. 
This is like the Mutual Appreciation Society today, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, as you know, I am a big fan of Todoist and exactly that. I have some things that just sit there forever and ever. In fact, the, the latest one made me laugh. Um, Ellie has to record the intros for this podcast, um, as you know, and um, it's almost like she's at, at home school, obviously, rather than being at school. And it's giving us even less time somehow to do <laughs> to do them. Maybe it's because... We've got more time. We're just not doing it so much. So um, I have it on the to-do list like every day. And it frustrates me because it's not my task. I can't do it. Yes. <laughs> and it comes up every week. So last night I actually ticked it as having been done, even though from last Thursday it hasn't been. Because <laughs> I don't want it messing up my to-do list. <laughs> yeah, you're very good. You, you organise yours much better than I do. I thought, well, it's going to come around again on Thursday. I'll make her do it tomorrow and then uh, that'll be fine. And I don't need this one hanging around making me feel bad when it's not even my task. <laughs> yeah, I have tasks like that when I have my boys do things like yeah. um, the one that the currently on my um, to-doist at the moment is for them to change their sheets, yes. which came up on Sunday and they still haven't done it. But it, it reminds me to nag them. Yes. Yeah. And mine gets thrown into arguments with Simon where I end up going, I don't want this on my to-do list. It's your job. You have a list right on your list, but he doesn't really do to-do lists. So I keep it on my list and just get annoyed instead. Yeah. <laughs> nag. <laughs> the things that we don't want to do is nag and we do. Yeah, exactly. So what about um, other tools and apps? What do you live by? What What could you not live without? The one that I really, really don't think I could live without now is I have an iPad with an Apple Pencil mm. and it's called Notability because I write, I can write. It's like having a notebook, but it's yes. all um, electronic. Yes. And I can search for things. So that has, I hardly ever write on paper now. And that is my absolutely love notability so does it turn it into type or does it keep it handwritten that is its only downside you can turn it into type but it when you export it it comes out like a picture so yeah. you can't really edit it and do anything with it no I should check and make sure that they haven't updated it because they are constantly updating it mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm happy. Like- I, yeah I don't mind that I've got my notes and I can go back to it and yeah. find things yeah yeah I like that it's funny there's so many like things like that and gadgets or or stuff and I see them I think oh that sounds so cool I've had a rocket book on my um Amazon wish list for ages which which you know just as a as a slight aside my mum used to say this and my mother-in-law said it at Christmas she said your your wish list needs updating and I said oh yeah I haven't looked at it for ages so you know there's probably a few things on there she went yeah but not anything that I'd buy you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my mum my used to do the same she'd say oh no no I'm not buying anything that's on there and I'm like well surely the point is it's a wish list because I want whatever's on there <laughs> so if you bought it I'd be happy the fact that you don't like it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so what you know, is a rocket what do yeah you so a rocket book is a um it's a, a notebook you know like an offline notebook that you write in but then you um it transfers I can't remember if you take a picture of it or whether it automatically transfers it to a digital file and then you um clear the the book and you can keep using the book so basically it's a reusable notebook right okay um, and I always thought that sounded good and I keep thinking about getting a, an apple pencil for my um ipad pro um but I don't ever write anything <laughs> so 
yeah no you, then you probably wouldn't use it but I do prefer to write than yeah. type yeah I'm so. a typer and also I'm not a visual person as in I've said it before on the podcast that some people can't explain anything without grabbing a bit of paper and write and drawing something for you I found a note in my file yesterday I was doing a bit of sorting and one of my friends um, Anamika was um, helping me plan out a, a, a thing that I was going to do that I never got around to doing or decided not to do, should I say. Um, and as she was planning it, she was drawing out columns and writing things in and arrows and everything else. And it just reminded me that some people speak by writing or speak yes. and write at the same time. Yeah. I, I've never been like that. Another reason why I don't like mind maps, I'm not interested in you know pictures and shapes and everything. I like lists. <laughs> Yeah. So for me, the idea of um, writing on my iPad or drawing pictures on my iPad sounds brilliant, apart from I don't ever do that on paper. So why would I do it on my iPad? (laughs) Well, for me, I I do write quite linearly. Yes. But I just prefer to have it. Yeah, I prefer to have it on my iPad. So I've and I've got it with me and I can look into it on my phone and it's always there. Yes. With me, even if I haven't got my iPad with me. Yeah. And I mean, that's the same principle as how I use Evernote. I've always made notes into Evernote on my phone if I'm in a meeting or if I, I need to do some brainstorming. It always goes into Evernote. So it's there, findable, searchable, and all that sort of thing, rather than, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago where I'd end up writing in notebooks and then end up with notebooks in the cupboard that I could never find anything in. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> anything else before? Oh, no, yes. On? so um one thing i'm going to mention here is that i'm moving trying to move people over from whatsapp to signal because apparently it's um not owned by facebook yeah and has better security so that's Mm -hmm. one app the other one that i've been using recently the last few weeks i haven't been as good but is called down dog and is they have yoga hit and meditation and pregnancy yoga i think not that i'm going to need to say all those things are quite unrelated aren't they well yoga and meditation you could see together but the hit in the middle of it and now you've mentioned pregnancy as well <laughs> yeah. but anyway i've been using the yoga yes um, app as i said i haven't been very good the last couple of weeks but every other day i was doing a yoga session yeah um the other one i use a bit I don't not I'm not very good at food tracking, but if I want to track my food, I will use chronometer and that's C-R-O-N-O-M-E-T-E-R. Then mm-hmm. Todoist, of course. Yes. And then another one that I need to use more, but I do use some of it, and this another one from you is text expander. Yes. So that's I've been trying to use that more, but I tend to only use snippets like when i'm going to write my name or my email address or my website address so i need to find a way to learn how to use that more yeah it's interesting i um text expand for me and the use of is a bit like my thing about outsourcing in that it's brilliant when you've done it but you procrastinate in doing it in the first place so i currently am not booking people into interview on the podcast um i will be by the time this goes out but at the moment in January I'm not because I've got um podcast recorded up to June at the moment or nearly June um so I'm you know taking a bit of a break from booking people in and every time I write that email that says yeah they sound great but please contact me in a couple of months time I think oh I must put this into text expander as a standard reply and then I can just type one word or two and it will be there (laughs) 
And I have said, I've thought that every time I've written that, probably for the last 10 occasions. <laughs> okay, I still so haven't done it. <laughs> that's given me an idea because every week I send an email to whoever's podcast is going live this week and saying, your podcast is going live this week. Here are the photos. Here's what you can yes. do. But I just tend to look up the last email, copy it, <laughs> paste it, change it. Yes. So really how do you remember how how do you remember what to uh well yeah you in? you just name it by whatever you think you are going to remember so the, oddly the one for me that I do when people have got a podcast coming like coming out um or is just come out is called seven day notice because I optimistically decided I was going to give people seven days notice that their podcast was coming out and this was when I didn't do it religiously weekly um so I didn't really know when it was going to come out when I interviewed people. Um, so I called it seven day notice. The reality is I send it the day that their podcast is actually live. Yeah. <laughs> not seven days notice at all, but I remember it. So I'm not changing it now. So yeah, yeah, you just have to sort of pick that thing. And sometimes I do, I mean, I've got things like my thank you email after I've interviewed you, which I do uh, personalize, but I start with a, a, um, a standard one. I can never remember if it's podcast. Thank you. Or thank you podcast. <laughs> So sometimes it takes a bit of a time to get the actual thing to turn up. And occasionally I have to go back to text expander and actually find <laughs> the thing in there instead and just copy and paste it. Um, but if you get really sophisticated, you can put um, variable fields in your text expander um, templates as well. So, for example, the one that I do, which says thank you for your interview, it says your podcast will be coming out on and then there's a gap. And so I get that up and it pops up and I fill in the date that it's due and then click okay and then it puts it into the email for me so um, you can do some quite sophisticated things with text expander to um, enable you to you know get real extra value from it sort of thing so um yeah. so you're thinking I must get around to it now I've made it even more complicated <laughs> no but now now it's no but it wasn't that it wasn't that it was complicated it was like n like okay. How would, when would you use it sort of thing yeah what what yeah. do I use it for so that's yeah so so my email that goes out to a podcast guest it pops up with the variables in it and I tell them I, I have to put the link to the podcast in I give them a quote from the podcast so I have to copy and paste that from the um uh, show notes and I um give them a link to the uh, folder that's got the Dropbox folder that's got all the imagery images that I create for them in it um and that I just copy in from my um project list in Asana as well so I I have just have those like however many bits of information that was to go in and then it it um, mail merges it all into the the message so that makes it quicker as well yeah I like that idea hmm there we go lovely so was that your list done you had lots in there that was very good <laughs> yes I was trying to find ones that people hadn't mentioned over and over again but yes yeah, yeah there's some good so, ones in there definitely let's talk about a bit about self-care um because obviously we sort of started talking about the fact that you help people and uh, to to go keto um see I didn't mention diet there <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so what sort of things do you do yourself to make sure you've got enough energy um to do the things that you need to do so keto being one of them <laughs> yes so I am keto mostly I do keep my carbs fairly low mostly very low uh fasting appears regularly in my way of living so I'm giving my 
body a chance to have a break and detox. Mm-hmm. And you fast uh, for quite big chunks of time, don't you? I I do sort of the eating window one, so I tend not to eat until the afternoon. But you actually go for like 24, 36 hours and that sort of thing. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So I I do the intermittent fasting. The time I call it time restricted eating, where where you're mm-hmm. doing it and restricting to eating in a window every day. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I do that, which is usually 16, 8, but sometimes 18, 6, <laughs> because I go from lunchtime, uh, from supper time through to lunchtime. So I occasionally will eat something late morning, but rarely. Yeah. Then, for example, this week I ate on Sunday and it's now Wednesday. So I had didn't eat from Sunday night through till this morning around half 10. That was about 62 hours. Wow. I'll regularly do a 36-hour fast once or twice a week. And people that listen to this are going to be horrified probably. How can you do that? But well, actually, they're probably also thinking your, your food bill must be low. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't take up any energy to make meals clear up and all things like that. Actually, when you're fat adapted, it becomes very easy to just drop those meals. And you've probably experienced that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So other things include, I haven't been very good since Christmas, but before Christmas, I was getting up every morning and doing some sort of exercise, whether it is the yoga, some kettlebells, a run well walk stroke run so mostly walking with a little bit of running in between mm-hmm. uh, I do taekwondo we've been struggling with covid that we everything's closed down but we've now got some online classes in fact I have one tonight so I'll be doing my taekwondo I try to try to go to bed at a reasonable time so that it, I'm getting a good night's sleep uh what else do I do it's probably lots of other things I can't even think of that because you just do them automatically yes yeah but yeah yeah, I I watch what I eat I try to do some exercise if not every day most days Mm -hmm. sleep I make sure I get sleep I take lots of supplements Uh, Mm -hmm. and I think you know going back to what you said about the one-to-one sort of personalization I think that's one of the the keys with this isn't it I mean I you know so I, I sort of generally follow a keto diet and I, I generally make my family do so because I just cook food and they have to eat it <laughs> um, and they occasionally they ask me where the potatoes are or where the carbs are but and occasionally I might cook them pasta because I'm kind um, or I haven't got much time but it's easier um, but um, but I tend to I don't sort of do it so um I don't know what the word would be as you. Um, I I basically cook a load of keto recipes. So we're forever eating what would look like a normal, you know, sometimes quite luscious menu, but actually most of it's keto because I'm substituting things and everything else sort of thing. So there, there's a whole range of how you can follow these sorts of guidelines, isn't there, to fit with your oh, life. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, Some this will make you traumatized i made some what did i what they're called um uh what are they pecan caramel slices or something and that's the first thing i ate yesterday afternoon (laughs) but they were keto (laughs) and but they're homemade so therefore you know that there's no rubbishy oils in it that you shouldn't be eating and exactly so they were sugar-free weirdly (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, but they were very lush. But yeah, so I sort of I take the sort of how can I adapt everything I eat to be as keto as possible, but still be the sort of things that I normally would eat or want to eat um, rather than sort of being any more restrictive, if you like. But that's the way I do it with my family, because then I can do it. Whereas because um, I'm the cook and you don't cook, do you so much? You can, but you, your husband does a lot of it, doesn't he? So yeah. it's it, you can't control it in that way, can you? You have to control yourself rather than the whole thing, whereas I have not I have to cook but you know I am generally the cook so I have to adjust it accordingly if you see what I mean yeah but that said Julian does the cooking but the boys he he doesn't eat what we eat he Mm. has his own stuff which is very carb heavy sugar (laughs) heavy all the stuff that you shouldn't eat and he is type 2 diabetic so he definitely shouldn't be eating them but he that's what he wants to do yeah but the boys have sort of followed me in that they now don't have potatoes they will have they might have a pasta dish or something with potatoes on a night when I'm fasting or a night when I'm not here so for the most part Julian just does everything it's fairly simple food usually meat and the vegetables but the boys are happy with that so I'm happy that they're happy and we're all yeah and it's so cool that you know he's cooking and has a different view and does his own thing but he cooks it for you in the way that you want it I think that's that's really nice to hear yeah he's very good like that yeah it's interesting what you were saying um about you know when you're not here we were they were lamenting at the dinner table the other day that we haven't had a Chinese takeaway for a long time and that's because um I don't eat gluten. I never have done aside from any keto thing. So um, not never have done for the last however many years. Um, and and it's for health reasons. I have an a underactive thyroid and it, and it really made a massive difference to my management of that when I stopped eating gluten. So I don't even eat a speck of it sort of thing. Um, so the rule was that they could only have Chinese takeaways when I was away because apart from really the duck without the pancakes and no sauce, I can't really eat most of anything that comes because our local place doesn't do gluten free um and so they were lamenting that because of lockdown they've not had a Chinese takeaway since last February when I was last away <laughs> yeah I Chinese is really hard to stick to keto and yeah 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 well on a gluten-free front there are some excellent restaurants Kathy Brown the guest on show one and show 150 I think her and I have a couple of times been to a, a gluten-free Chinese restaurant up in Manchester which is just to die for because you know you eat eat it so infrequently <laughs> but, but yeah. it's appreciative sort of thing but yeah as you say if we're ever going to do you know a takeaway it's generally a, an Indian because it's so much easier to control it isn't it definitely yeah. apart from the rice and the potatoes <laughs> yeah but there's lots of things you can have yeah, on an exactly. Indian that yeah exactly that... yeah I mean we eat curries all the time at home but I tend to eat um I don't know I've been fine um courgette to have with it sort of recently um I I bought a spiralizer last year thinking I'd use that instead of pasta and stuff but I just chopped them into squares now because it's so much quicker yes <laughs> but there you go me and gadgets eh? yes <laughs> Lovely. I, I do have a spiralizer but I hardly ever use it because I'm quite happy with just whatever veg it is being exactly underneath. yeah and it doesn't have to be a certain shape does it nope. <laughs> Oh dear, I don't know. So just before we go into the last couple of questions, um, one of the other things that I um, ask about um, quite often is books and podcasts that you recommend. And I can't not ask you that on the basis that, you know, this podcast has been so um, useful to you. There must be others um, that you um, listen to. And also, you know, the books, you obviously bought a book as a result of this. And that's what kicked off this whole business. 
Yeah. So when when I first started listening to your podcast, that was the only podcast I ever listened to. I never thought to search through and listen to anything else. Who knew that? <laughs> no pressure. I'm glad I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> but since I've got into keto, uh, I, d- I have found some podcasts about three, probably 2018, so what we're looking at, three years now. And... And so I listen to there's some I listen to regularly. So the ones I listen to week in, week out, uh, low carb MD and the keto woman podcast. Um, others, there's lots of loads of others that I dip into just depends how I'm off for time. And then I thought there's some business ones as well that I will dip into. So there's one called the get real about business podcast with Clive Maloney the Sigrun Show and Online Marketing Made Easy by Amy Porterfield. So they're ones that I will dip into as well as lots of lots of other keto ones. Mm-hmm. Um, books, I can't go without saying why we get fat and what to do about it by Gary Taubes because that just changed my life. Along with my podcast. <laughs> Along with your podcast. And Gretchen Rubin's Better Than Before book. Yes, of course. <laughs> Um, but a couple of other there's loads of keto books that I I think even if somebody's not interested in keto just finding out about it would you you can't unknow what you know so I think just finding out a bit more about it would be fabulous for people so the big fat surprise by Nina Teicholtz focuses in on why we have these food guidelines that we have and the seed oils that are so ubiquitous and how they came about and why they're in our culture where they really shouldn't be. So I, that's a great book. And then one that is fairly new is Why We Get Sick by Ben Bickman. So there's three big ones, but there's, there's loads of others. And if mm-hmm. people wanted to find out more, they could always get in touch with me. Yes, yeah. And, and then course, in terms, sorry, go on. I was just say, of course, on your own podcast, you have a big disclaimer, which we probably should mention, <laughs> that, uh, you know, that this is all stuff to, you know, you know learn and educate yourself. You're, we're not advising people that they should do certain things in certain ways, but um, all this stuff that, that you're sharing is is certainly worth, as you say, reading to find out more, isn't it? And sorry, you were going to carry on with some more references. Yeah, and if people did want to find out more about keto, in our episode two is what is keto? And, yes. And- that's a great episode to listen to just to find out a bit more. So I've got some business books that I just love and I haven't listened to him for ages. I love listening to Jim Collins on audio because he narrates most of his books. Yes. And so I listen to those over and over again quite often. But it's more aimed at big businesses rather than small businesses. Mm-hmm. And then Graham Alcott that you mentioned. Yeah how to be a productivity ninja is something I aspire to. I try it, I keep trying it and <laughs> I don't keep up with it. Uh, Can I just mention as well, he's got a, a new newsletter list that he's started since COVID and um, he writes really well. It comes out on a Sunday and he, I can't, there was one this Sunday that was particularly good and I can't even remember what it was about now, um, but I'd, I'd recommend that. So I think it's grahammorcott.com. I think if you go to his website, you can sign up for it there. And then another one I like 
and again it's his narration that i think it just is so engaging mm-hmm. is profit first by mike mckellowitz mm-hmm. so there's some of the books i i have i was thinking about the books i have so many on my bookshelf and yes. there's so many that i've really got something out of the thing yeah. with me is, is the follow-through you have to keep doing it and uh, mm-hmm. like the slight edge you have to keep keep it doing it every day and then if you don't do it then how do you get that motivation back to keep going yeah exactly those small daily tasks funny you mentioned the slight edge that's a, a book that I've recommended a lot and um I was listening to a podcast that I also recommend which is um Steve Bartlett the diary of a CEO who I just again a bit like you're saying the narration thing I just love what he says how he says it and his sort of ethos and and so on and um he mentioned the slight edge uh, in his podcast this week, um, in fact, um, which I'd not heard him mention before. So I was pleased that he said it was one of his favorite favorite books. So that was yeah. that was good to to hear. Um, lovely. Uh, it's funny you saying about books as well. I was looking through my Kindle account because um, I, I try and use collections on my Kindle to try and keep things in some sort of order. I keep keep finding books that are are free and I think oh they look really good that looks really good I'm going to download it and I go to download it and I downloaded it three years ago (laughs) but I haven't Mm. read it yet sort of thing so I've been trying to get some organization to it and I was laughing to myself the other day that at the moment I've got loads of books categorized in in collections but I've got 650 that haven't been categorized in any way and I was just I was like doing it and just like reveling in the fact that I had all these books that I could organize you know not read just (laughs) organize (laughs) I thought thought the only saving grace for it is that they're actually not physical books you know messing up my house (laughs) yeah but um yeah just I was so laughing to myself about how excited I was about the fact that I got so many books at my fingertips even if I'll never have enough time to read them all (laughs) (laughs) and on the um narration front another one i'd recommend is um uh, malcolm gladwell when he narrates his books um like outliers or whatever i always love listening to to him regardless of what he's saying almost so uh okay i've only read i've only read his books i've never listened ah yeah he does most of his his i think or certainly outliers he did do and uh, i really uh, really enjoyed that one um, I'll probably find out it wasn't him and it's just some other um, American person who's <laughs> <laughs> got yeah. a nice voice. But there we go. So I've just banged my elbow on my laptop, so that probably got in everyone's ears. <laughs> so apologies there. So, so last couple of questions. Uh, what about those days where it goes horribly wrong? How do you deal with those? So I usually it's usually something that goes wrong rather than a whole day that goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And I try to I try to continue and push through and I've got to sort this out. And then at some point it will just dawn on me that, Jackie, you've just got to walk away and leave it <laughs> and come back to it. And I, in fact, had one of those days yesterday. And of course, once you sleep on it, then things become a bit clearer. Another thing that I'll quite often do is I'll phone my sister and just in the process of just telling her about it, I'll come up with the solution so she won't have got a word in edgeways and then you'll go thanks that's really helpful and she's like I haven't said anything yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like ah I know what to do I know what I'm going to try now I know what I'm going to do now so yeah he's yeah. my go-to person yes yeah brilliant but I and try I, I yeah. tend to, I'm tend to be quite positive I I'm, I'm not necessarily a fantastically positive person but I'm sort of quite laid back so mm. I don't get 
embroiled in things too much. No, no. And so your day where you get to live more, so that's where I talk about you getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do those days look like for you? This is a really, really, really hard question for me (laughs) because I think because I'm just quite content with my life as it is. Mm. So I, I love doing what I do in terms of work. I don't I tend to have some time, free time to do things in the afternoon. And what would I change? Probably nothing. And, you know, of course, holidays are lovely, but they're great for a couple of weeks and then you come back to reality. So I think I'd put it down to spending time with my boys. And now that they're older, I don't get so much of that. Mm. Spending time with friends. So if if I've got a day where I can be with some friends doing something might be going out for a meal or just spending some time with my boys and sometimes I can actually get them to play a game maybe it's monopoly maybe it's playing cards then I'm happy with that that's Mm -hmm. good for me yeah nothing super duper I don't need anything super duper yeah you don't need something super duper my answer to that is probably reading when I used to do that whole um what's your perfect Tuesday? Because I think a lot of people don't actually know what their perfect day would look like. So they don't either feel happy that they've achieved it or they they um, they never really get to it because they don't actually know what it's supposed to look like anyway. I think that's one of the um, real sort of first things is be really clear what that looks like. Mm. And I always used to, but I always used to feel a bit, a bit like you sort of started with saying, oh, well, you know, it's not really that special sort of thing. Because I'd be like... I just need to be somewhere with an armchair, a book and something nice to drink and some nice food. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, that's my that's my perfect holiday. So I'm, I'm not one that it doesn't really matter where I go on holiday. That's why I like my caravan so much, because <laughs> I could do that in a field somewhere. I don't really need, you know, sightseeing or monuments or anything else. Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm quite happy with it, how it is, really. So uh, I'm, I'm happy with that for a holiday as well, except I don't want a caravan. I don't no. want a caravan. <laughs> and it has to be somewhere warm where I can just sit in the sun and read my book. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm not so worried about the warm, although I like warm. But I was going to say, because I like going skiing, but then our ski apartments are normally really warm. So you're never really cold when you go skiing, are you? So uh, yeah. contrary to what people who don't go skiing, because they think it's too cold to think. <laughs> no. Yes. Let's not talk skiing. We'll both get too depressed because we haven't been. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, because the the first year that we decided to take the boys skiing is we didn't get there no we were supposed to be December we moved it to February we're now coming up to February and we won't be going then no no oh it'll be it'll be extra special when you do get to go yeah (laughs) lovely thank you Jackie it's been so good talking to you Uh, so interesting as well just because we know each other already so it's uh, it's a a different type of interview I think as well and tell people how they can find out more about you and get in contact so uh, on my website, fabulouslyketo.com and all social media, I'm Fabulously Keto, except for Instagram, which is Fabulously Keto 1. Lovely. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Are you a home-based coach or consultant feeling like you need a bit of help? Our Power to Live More Calm membership is designed to meet you where you're at, with the help you need in the moment so you can get unstuck, move forwards and get stuff done.
You might think this sounds too good to be true, or maybe wondering how it would fit with how you work and run your business. Why not have a no obligation chat with Jo to see how she can help you? All you need to do is go to powertolivemore.com slash calm call. Use your power to live more. 